Wayne say, we are glad to have each one of you here this morning for our Sunday morning worship period. If you're visiting with us here at McCoinsville, we're happy and honored always to have visitors and come back and be with us anytime you can. The story is told about three preachers from the same small town who were out fishing together. They were by themselves in a boat, and as they fished, they, they began to open up and confess things in their lives. First preacher said, well, I hate to admit it, but I love smoking cigars out in the woods by myself. I know I shouldn't do it, but I can't seem to stop. The second preacher in the boat thought for a moment and, and he said, well, since you opened up, I guess I will too. I love to gamble. I love to bet on games and races. He said, I know I shouldn't be doing that, but I just, I just love the games and the competition." Please don't tell my congregation. First preacher said, no problem. And don't tell anyone about my cigars either. <clears throat> the third preacher in the back of the boat had been quiet the whole time. So finally the other two said to him, come on now. You need to confess something in your life. We opened up. Now it's your turn. The third preacher cleared his throat and with a, a big grin on his face, he said, you know, I don't smoke and I don't gamble. My sin is gossip. And I have to admit to you, my fellow preachers, I can't wait to get home and tell what I just heard. <laughs> this morning we're continuing the series on the sins of the tongue. And I'm calling this series, as you may remember, Taming the Tongue. The Bible teaches us that our words can have the power of life or death. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Our words have the power to do much good or much evil. God's desire for all of us is for us to learn how to control our tongues so that our words can bring life. On the first Sunday in July, we studied the introduction to this series. The title was Words That Build Up and Not Tear Down. The first Sunday in August, we studied about the, 
the corrosive talk of complaining and criticizing. And the damage that kind of talk can cause to our lives and the lives of others. On the first Sunday of last month, we studied the truth about lying and the importance of living and speaking the truth. So this morning, we're going to study what we could call malicious talk. And that's using our tongues to spread gossip, rumors, and slander. Now, this subject might step on some toes today. When I came in this morning, Wayne asked me if I had a good one ready for today, and I said, well, that depends on your definition of a good one. But as the old saying goes, if the shoe fits, wear it. So what is it about gossip and rumors and slander that is so attractive to us and to many people? Several years ago, a TV news show tried to answer that question. They sent a news team out to report on the sale of the cheap tabloids that we see at the checkouts in supermarkets and places like Walmart. They interviewed people who were buying one of the tabloids at a checkout counter. And the reporter asked one buyer, he said, do you really believe what you read in that paper? And the buyer said, no, but I still like to read it. So what is it about that kind of stuff that attracts people? We'll try to answer that question in a, in a few moments. A number of years ago, a distraught mother wrote a letter to Ann Landers, the advice columnist, asking what to do about a rumor that was being spread in school that her 16-year-old daughter was pregnant. The mother wondered if maybe she should transfer her daughter to another school. Landers advised that she should not switch schools. Instead, she said, to let time prove the rumor to be false. And that sounded like really good advice. But sadly, in reality, when the, the girl, when the girl didn't show signs of the pregnancy, the rumor changed to she had an abortion. You see, once rumors get started, it's tough to win. It's tough to win. Whether rumors are true or false, they can be devastating for a lot of reasons. One of them being that they are irretrievable. 
In other words, once they're told and passed on, it's impossible to get them back. The story is told about a man in a small village many, many years ago who spread some vicious and harmful rumors about another man. In this small village, there was a judge who not only presided over cases where the law was broken, but he also presided over cases involving unethical and improper conduct. So the man who had spread the malicious rumors was brought before the judge. And the judge came down from behind the bench and he handed the man a large bag of feathers. The judge said to him, here is what I want you to do. I want you this very day to place a feather on the doorstep of each and every home that has heard and listened to your rumors. And also on the doorsteps of those who have repeated the slanderous words that you have said. After you have finished this assignment, I want to see you back in my courtroom tomorrow morning. So the man quickly began placing the feathers on the doorsteps of each home that had either heard about the rumor or helped spread the rumor by telling it to others. After several hours of doing that, the man returned home with a, a nearly empty bag of feathers. That night, that night was stormy in the village with rain, wind. But the man slept soundly, happy that his punishment would soon be over. So the next morning he entered the courtroom and the judge again came down from behind the bench. But this time the judge had an empty sack that he gave to the man. And the judge said to him, now I want you to go back to each home today and collect all the feathers. The man said, there's no way that I can collect all of the feathers. The wind blew last night and, and those feathers are scattered all over the countryside. And the judge said, and neither can you take back the harm that you have done by saying what you have said. Your slanderous words are impossible to retrieve. One writer today has written this excellent comment about these sins of the tongue that we're looking at today. Gossip, rumors, and slander. Here's what he says. Rumors are the vehicles that turn life into a demolition derby. And gossip and slander are the tracks on which they travel. 
The tracks of gossip and slander are paved with careless, idle chatter, as well as the malicious, intentional sharing of bad reports. For where does the fuel for this demolition derby come? Malicious speech comes from the central source of all sin, the promotion of self. The next sermon in this series will be on the subject of ego and boasting and bragging. And we're going to talk a whole lot more in that sermon about the promotion of self. So what is it that draws us to the sins of gossip and rumor and slander? Here are six factors that can attract us to these sins of the tongue. Gossip, rumors, and slander. First of all, number one, there is the attraction of curiosity. You know, some of us look for and listen to what we may think of as the news. And we do that just because of our natural curiosity. Just like with all things, Satan can use something that God created for good, like curiosity, and distort it for evil purposes. If our curiosity leads us to look for and bear and spread harmful information, then we have misused that God-given quality. The Apostle Paul described this problem in 1 Timothy 5, 13. He says, and besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. A second factor, a second reason that we can be attracted to gossip, rumors, and slander can be linked to boredom. In that same passage that we just read from in 1 Timothy 5, same verse, Paul connects being idle with being gossips and busybodies. You know, people who are busy doing what they need to be doing and minding their own business don't have time to sit around gossiping and spreading rumors. The old saying that we've heard is very true. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. A third reason that we can be attracted to gossip, rumors, and slander is the desire to be the center of attention. Just like we said a moment ago, it's promotion of self. You know, for some people, for some people, it's an ego booster to be known as someone who is always in the know, and they always know what's going on in other people's lives. I dare say that every one of you know today, or you have known in the past, 
People just like that. People just like that. Some people feed on the attention of others. And they enjoy having others pay attention to them as they pass on the most up-to-date, juicy, tantalizing news about others. Be in the center of attention. The fourth reason that we can be attracted to gossip, rumors, and slander is pride. The tendency to elevate ourselves up here above others. You know, some people think that if they can say something bad or something negative about somebody else, that makes them feel better about themselves. One writer once said, to speak ill of others is a cheap and dishonest way of praising ourselves. It's the idea that when we speak ill of others, well, then at least we're not as bad as they are. Fifth, number five, malicious words of gossip, rumor, and slander are often caused by bitterness. Gossip, rumors, and slander can be tools of revenge or payback as we try to get even with those who we think have hurt us in some way. We'll pay them back. And then number six, we can be drawn to gossip, rumors, and slander as a way to soothe our own anxieties and problems. In other words, misery loves company. Hearing good and positive news about others can raise our awareness and our unhappiness about our own problems. But if we can pass on some bad or some damaging news about others, that takes our minds and our attention away from our own problems. So for the rest of the lesson, I want us to ask and answer Four questions, four questions about gossip, rumors, and slander. We're going to start with this one. Question number one, what are gossip, rumors, and slander? Exactly what do those terms mean? You know, all of us may have wondered to ourselves at some point, am I gossiping or slandering somebody right now as I'm saying this? Or we might have wondered, should I be listening to what this person is telling me? Are the things they're telling me considered to be gossip, rumors, or slander? You know, a good rule of thumb would be to ask ourselves the question, would I be comfortable if the person being talked about was to walk in on this conversation? 
would the conversation come to a screeching halt? If we're going to avoid gossip, rumors, and slander in our speech, then we need to know what those terms really mean. So let's take a closer look at each one of these sins of the tongue. Here is a good, simple definition of gossip. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is not part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. In the most basic form, gossip involves talking about someone in a negative way who is not present at the time. It involves sharing information about someone that isn't appropriate to share. Now, most of us, I think, understand what rumors are. The dictionary definition of a rumor is a currently circulating story or report of uncertain or doubtful truth. Last month in the sermon on lying, we studied that God hates lying and God expects us to be truthful people. But folks, we're not doing that. We're not doing that when we pass on stories of uncertain or doubtful truth. We're not doing that. And then there is the term slander. You could say that slander is the first cousin to gossip. You know, gossip often happens during just idle, careless conversation and talk and chatter. But slander is the open, intentional sharing of damaging information about someone. Slander is speaking against someone to intentionally, on purpose, damage their reputation and turn people against them. That's slander. Slander is speaking negatively about someone for the purpose of leaving a bad impression. There's a legal term called libel. And the term libel is basically the same thing as slander, except that libel is written, not spoken. Today, 23 states have libel or slander laws on the books. All right, question number two. What does the Bible say about gossip and rumors and slander? Well, if you're thinking right now that the Bible doesn't say much, if anything, about those sins of the tongue, if that's what somebody is thinking, you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Because the Bible plainly condemns gossip, rumors, and slander. 
And we're about to see where and, and how it does that. Gossip, rumors, and slander are indeed sins of the tongue. And they should not be present in the life of a Christian who is in a right relationship with God. Did everybody hear that? The first time in the Bible that the word slander shows up is in Leviticus 19, verse 16, where God tells Moses to tell the people, the Israelites, do not go about spreading slander among your people. You know, that verse in Leviticus 19 brings to mind the picture of a person going through the, the, the ranks of the murmuring, complaining Israelites during their 40 years of wilderness wanderings. And as the person goes among the people, he or she passes on the latest derogatory and damaging news in the Israelite camp. Maybe, maybe slanderous talk like this. Well, I've heard that Moses may be on his way out. There are other men who could lead us a lot better than Moses. In Romans chapter 1, Paul writes about the wrath of God that will be poured out on the ungodly. And he writes about the kinds of sins that characterize those who have forsaken and rejected God. Now notice what he says in that chapter. He says, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Now from that one passage alone, we can see that gossip and slander are serious sins just like all sin is serious. Gossip and slander are mentioned right there together in the very same list with sins like murder, deceit, haters of God, boastful, which we'll talk about in the next sermon, <clears throat> and being faithless and ruthless. So you know, today, we must not take these sins of the tongue lightly and blow them off as being unimportant. Something that God overlooks because he doesn't. He doesn't. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul reminds the Christians at Corinth about the kinds of sins they used to be involved in. He says to them in that chapter, 
Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Paul is saying there that slander may have been a part of their sinful past and maybe our sinful past. But that's where it ought to stay in the past. In the last sermon online, we spent some time in Colossians chapter 3. And that chapter contains similar words. Colossians 3, 8 through 10. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here are a few examples from the books of Psalms and Proverbs that show us why gossip and slander are so dangerous and destructive. Proverbs eleven thirteen. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 20 19 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Proverbs 26 verse 20 says, Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. That's true. Proverbs 26, 22 says, The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Proverbs 26, or 16, 28 says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 10, 18 says, The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever, other, whoever utters slander is a fool. Proverbs 30, verse 10 says, Do not slander a servant to his master, lest he curse you and you be held guilty. And then Psalms 15, 1 through 3 says, O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. So we can see in that last passage there in Psalms 15, that gossip and slander are damaging and destructive. 
But it says the person who speaks no gossip or slander is blameless and is righteous. Question number three. How do we sometimes try to justify gossip, rumors, and slander? Well, first of all, we can wrongly believe that if the information is true, then sharing it, passing it on, is not wrong. It's okay if it's true. But you know, that's a false belief. That's a false belief because the issue is not whether the information is true or false, but whether it's harmful or confidential. Harmful in some way or confidential. In that last sermon on lying, we said that lying is wrong and we don't want to be part of spreading false rumors. But we shouldn't be spreading true rumors either. You know, Paul's teaching in Ephesians chapter 4 that Aiden read from is a good guide for all of us. Look down at verse 29 that Aiden read. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So even if the information is true, we ought to ask ourselves three questions. Question number one, why are we sharing this information? Why are we passing this on? What's our motive? Number two, does the information need to be shared at all? And number three, does the person I'm sharing the information with need to know it? Let me repeat this simple definition of gossip that we mentioned earlier. One more time. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is not part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. Here is a second way that we sometimes try to justify gossip and rumors and slander. We do it under the, under the pretense of being concerned about others. Maybe something like, well, I hate to say anything about this to you, but I'm concerned about so-and-so. Or we might say, let me tell you something about someone so that you can better pray for them. Uh-huh. Or we might say, I, I'm really concerned about someone and I don't know who else to talk to about it. Now there can be times when the truth about others needs to be shared with third parties. But those times ought to be few and far between. 
And that should happen only after we have first discussed our concerns with the person himself or herself. Question number four. How can we avoid gossip, rumors, and slander in our speech? Well, first of all, we need to maintain a humble and accurate view of ourselves. Because every single one of us is a sinner who is saved by the grace of God. There's no way that we can earn our salvation. None of us are perfect. And we often fail to live up to God's standard. So therefore, we have no right, we have no right to pridefully look down on others or try to bring them down through words of gossip and rumors and slander. Secondly, we need to live a prayerful life. Just like David in Psalms 141 We ought to pray, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Thirdly, we need to resolve not to pass on gossip, rumors, and slander. I don't know, this may not be true for all of you, But I grew up hearing this idea that my parents drilled into me. And I'm thankful they did. And you probably heard it. Here it is. If you can't say something good about someone, then don't say anything. President Calvin Coolidge once said, I have never been hurt by anything I did not say. That's a statement worth remembering. If someone has told us something that's confidential, then we need to do our best to keep private matters private. And if we feel the need to criticize someone in some way, then we need to do it to their face, not behind their backs. And we need to do it with the goal of helping them and not tearing them down. But let's get real right here. Let's be honest. 90% of the time when we criticize somebody It's not to help them in some way, but it is to tear them down. You know it, and I know it. If we can remember how we want others to treat us, then we'll know and we'll understand and we'll remember that gossip, rumors, and slander are out of bounds. 
Because we don't want others to gossip and slander and pass on rumors about us. You know, that's the very command that we have in Matthew 7, verse 12, that we call the golden rule. That we would all say, oh, we believe that. Oh yeah, we believe it. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. And finally, we need to resolve not to listen to gossip, rumors, and slander. Now maybe you assume that just listening to gossip, rumors, and slander is okay as long as we don't pass it on. So is that true? Is that a correct assumption? Well, actually, the answer is no. Let's understand this morning that just listening to those sins of the tongue is also wrong. Let me say that one more time. Just listening to gossip, rumors, and slander is also wrong. And if you're thinking right now that, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about that, then take a look at Proverbs 17, verse 4. Here it is. An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. Here are a few things that you could say to someone who is about to pass on to you some gossip or rumors or slander. Helpful comments. Have you talked to that person about this? Now the real answer is probably no. How do you know that what you are about to tell me is true? Can I quote you on this? You know, that last one might stop it real fast. End of conversation. And here are a few good ways to change the subject. Before you go any further, let me tell you what I admire the most about that person. Or let me tell you what encourages me the most about that person. Or I'm not comfortable with this conversation. I'd rather we not talk about someone when they're not present. I'm going to end today with this little poem. My names are Gossip, Rumor, and slander. I have no respect for justice. I maim without killing. I break hearts and ruin lives. I am cunning and malicious and get stronger with age. The more I am quoted, the more I am believed. My victims are helpless. They cannot protect themselves against me because I have no face. To track me down is impossible. 
The harder you try, the more elusive I become. I am nobody's friend. Once I damage a reputation, it's never the same. I can bring down governments and wreck marriages. I can ruin careers and cause sleepless nights, heartaches, and indigestion. I can make innocent people cry in their pillows. I can make headlines and headaches. I am gossip, rumor, and slander. Let me remind you again about the little acronym from the word THINK, T-H-I-N-K, that we talked about in the first sermon in this series back in July. By now you might have forgotten all about it. Think before you speak. Before you speak, ask yourself, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring or encouraging? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And if it isn't all five of those, then don't say it and don't repeat it. Gossip, rumors, and slander are sins of the tongue that can cost us eternal salvation in heaven. We will meet our words at the judgment. And folks, if that's not a if that's not a frightening, scary thought to every single one of us here today, I don't know what is. In Matthew twelve, thirty-six and thirty-seven, Jesus said. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. We should learn to use our tongues for good and not for evil. The tongue has the power of life and death. And I I pray that we can learn to speak words that build up the lives of others and not tear them down with gossip, rumors, and slander. As we just said, our words will either justify or condemn us on the day of judgment. But today, if you're not a Christian, you're not a Christian, a member of God's family, the church, then your destiny is certain. And you have no hope of salvation. But today you can have that hope, that assurance. By believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, by turning away from your sins in repentance, by confessing the name of Christ and making him the Lord of your life, by being immersed in the waters then of baptism for the remission of your sins, and then by living a new and a faithful life in Christ. And that faithful life should include 
the desire and the effort to tame our tongues with God's help. So if you need to respond to the invitation of Christ in any way today to confess sin in a public way or to ask for the prayers of the church or to obey the gospel, we invite you to come as together we stand and sing.